0: Welcome to Radio Trivia Podcast Edition, we have another new co-host, this time we have Carly Young, and she's also from Europe. Say hi. Hi. <laughs> so, um, I'll, I guess you've been listening for a long time too, I, I remember offering a while ago and things just never worked out. But, mm-hmm. um, Pretty
1: long, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> great I always there. like to follow the show, as bad it is as I am. I think... It took me about a minute to get Super Mario 64, so I'm pretty <laughs> bad at this game. I just can't think of the name of the game when i just listening to the song like this.
0: Yeah. Well, hopefully um, you'll at least know of the game so that uh, even if you don't get it, you can talk about the game.
1: <laughs> yes, that will be the plan. Yeah,
0: sometimes I can't even talk about the game. That's, that's when things get boring. We don't like boring. So... Uh, I guess um, with that, we'll just get started. stuck in my head for a while.
1: Mm-hmm. So that's song number one. song
0: one from game one. And, uh, if you think you got it, don't say anything. I
1: have a name floating in my head. I'm not sure it's the right one. Right that.
0: think not everyone knows what this game is anymore. So uh, let's give a question, and you shall answer it, well, after the third game. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I know, it's quite the privilege. So uh, what are the names of the dinosaurs?
2: Mm-hmm. Ah!
1: Bubble
0: Bubble. Oh, you're wrong. <laughs> uh, bubble Bubble is the original uh, pseudo platforming game, which we all know and love, and the first song was taken from Bubble Bubble, but uh, this is it's Bustamu. Puzzle Bubble. AKA no, it's Puzzle Bubble.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> so
1: it was a
0: trick. <laughs> it was a trick. Uh, Bustin' Moves is an odd game for me, because it's one of the few games I would play in the arcades whenever I actually went to an arcade, which is very rarely. And uh, I always enjoyed playing it, even though I was terrible at it, and uh, I never owned a home copy until uh, I got the DS version, and I never played the DS version, so I guess it's one of those games that I enjoy, but not enough to actually think of when I'm just sort of, whatever, figuring out, oh, what game do I want to play? So. But it, you know, it's a charming game that hasn't really changed over the years. I know a version came out for the N64. Uh, I remember playing that for a while. Um, I don't know, have you played this game? or
1: Yes, I've played a couple of versions. I can't actually remember which at the moment. But yes, it's not bad. It's lasts quite a while. I mean, like, say, well, if you're playing in an arcade, you can play for quite a while for your
0: credit, so... Yes, exactly. I think that's one of the main reasons I played it in the arcades, because, Mm -hmm. you know, you can play on whatever one quarter of your equivalent um, for whatever, eight or ten rounds without dying, versus, I don't know, three quarters or whatever for some game that you're going to die at right away. So, uh, yeah, that's definitely one reason to play it in the arcade. But, um, so, uh you're familiar with the series, what, what's the name of the two uh, dinosaurs? Uh, it's
1: not just Bub and Bob, is it? It
0: is Bub and Bob.
1: Ah, I mean something.
0: <laughs> yeah, very creative names. But uh, Supposedly the green one is Bub and the blue one is Bob, although I I, I'm not positive on that. Um, one thing I'll say about this puzzle game, as well as many others, is as loyal listeners know, I'm red-green colorblind. And uh, I don't have too much of a problem with Bubble Bobble, but occasionally I do, um, between the blue and purple, and to a lesser extent the the yellow and, mm-hmm. and orange. Or maybe, no, no, I'm sorry, it's the orange and, and red.
1: Aren't there patterns on the um, sort of bubbles, though?
0: Yeah, there are, but they're subtle. It's, I think they're like enemies that are trapped in the bubbles or something. I think that's the idea. And so they're very subtle patterns, usually, in many of the versions. And so... It's like I have to look really hard It is hard definitely and...
1: mainly color you go by.
0: Right, so I, I'm really not good at playing competitively against someone else because I have to, like, you know, is, is that is that really the color I think it is? And uh, <laughs> But I still enjoy the single-player stuff. Um, I'm at a handicap. so I'm also pretty bad at aiming, but that's another story.
1: <laughs> it's nicer when you have a huge clump of bubbles fall down when you grab a whole row of them from above.
0: Yeah, that's very satisfying, yeah. But usually I miss it by a 1 and, and mess up my opportunity. So. But that's the way the game goes. So, uh, that's Puzzle Bobble, aka, uh, Bust-A-Move. Not Bubble Bobble. Bubble Bobble is a different game. Very closely related, but different. And, uh, I don't know. They seem to, didn't they just come out with one a little while ago for Wii that had, like, 8, eight players?
1: I'm um, not sure.
0: Am, am I thinking of the oh. right series? One where, like... One person plays with the nunchuck and the other person plays with with the Wii pointer.
1: Mm, miss my radar. Don't remember it from recent years.
0: Uh, I don't think it's a terribly recent release, but but uh, that always like I don't know how I could play with like a one eighth of a screen. I don't see how that would work.
1: Well, you don't need a lot of space really because you just need the middle section with the arrow pointing up and all your bubbles on top. You don't actually need any of the extra information at the side. So you can do it in quite a narrow space.
0: Yeah, you'd have a narrow space, yeah. All right. Well, I guess they made it work. So, bust a move.
1: <laughs> That's supposed to be my first clue. <laughs> yeah,
0: uh, I, Johnny chose this game. I, I'll, I'll, I'll say that right away. <laughs> That's another. There's a second clue, I guess.
1: I don't think this is the one he thought I would have played before. Yeah.
0: Um, I don't know why Johnny thought you'd play this game but uh, here's a question which television series are the following lyrics from according to the game green 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 regain a ton of your energy green 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 I'm sure that gives it right away there
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: That's it? That's it? No guesses.
1: Absolutely No, completely blank.
0: Completely. Absolutely. Okay, well, the answer is Mischief Makers for the Nintendo 64, even though it sounds more like a Super Nintendo game to my ears. Hmm. Um, Mischief Makers, you know, people say good things about it, I have very limited experience with it. I I remember watching Steven Rodriguez playing it, showing it to me and he was playing the first level and for some reason or another he was fighting with the jump mechanism so much so much I'm like, just just turn it off, turn it off, this is terrible. So I don't know what the appeal to mischief makers is. It apparently has a really bizarre script and I guess there's some terrible voice acting too. Have you ever played this game, or are you familiar with Mission Makers?
1: No, um, I've heard of it. I think I saw some reviews at the time, which rated it quite well. Yeah, but
0: oh, it's a Treasure game. Um, it's actually published by Enix, at least, at least in Japan. Maybe in America too. Um, so, I, I guess maybe the third song was made by Enix, and the first two were made by Treasure. I, I don't know, but um. Yeah, it's it's a 2D side scroller for Nintendo 64, and it's I think it was like the first one, Um, so so it probably predated Yoshi's Story even, and uh, so I guess they're probably fighting with the hardware quite a bit because the N64 uh, it it probably isn't very good for side scrolling. It's really built for 3D, right? So, um, but uh, it has a cult following. I, I I think there's some pretty terrible voice acting in there. I alluded to the uh, to the script, which is pretty bonkers. I, I pulled up a dump of the of the script and uh, this questions from it. So uh, the question was, which television series are the following lyrics from, according to the game? Green, 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 regain a ton of your energy. Green, 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 and uh, the answer uh, is, according to the non-player character is this is a song from clancer's tv series super heel so uh i guess if you played the game that might have left an impression there's some really bizarre i mean i I guess if you you think about sin and punishment and how it's it doesn't make any sense i I guess this game kind of has the same kind of nonsensical type of plot so um i feel Mm -hmm. like the unfathomably incomprehensible uh story of Sin and Punishment, perhaps Mischief Makers, is right up your alley. Uh, I think there's only one more treasure game made, Um, let's see, what was it, oh yeah, Bangai-O, and I I don't
1: know anything Mm -hmm. about that game, Um, but... It was a side-scrolling shooter.
0: Oh, it was? Big surprise.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it uh, had it on Dreamcast, never had it on N64. It wasn't bad. It was pretty much the same as the others, I guess. Nothing extra new. you You've got the same cool weapons, two characters running along, co-op play.
0: So, so what, I guess what Treasure learned from, uh, Mission Makers to, uh, to Sin and Punishment was kind of like night and day. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess they said, well, let's do something 3D this time. Um, but Mission Makers, I guess is potentially coming out for Virtual Console. I mean, Enix at least... I mean, it, yeah, Square Enix is reluctant to put stuff out on Virtual Console, but they're not going to remake uh, Mushtip Makers, so I don't see why they wouldn't think about it. Certainly there's a treasure appeal uh, on the Virtual Console. It's kind of a right crowd for a treasure game, so... We'll see what happens. I don't think I'd recommend it if it came out, but what do I know? Someone played for five minutes.
2: (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. uh, Let's go on to the third game, which was uh, requested by Ski Dragon. Um, It's another game with pretty odd music, in my opinion. Kind of a jazzy song there,
1: actually. Mm hmm, yes. I don't think I know this one.
0: You think you know this one? No, I don't
1: think I know this one.
0: Oh, okay. It's not Super Mario 64.
1: <laughs> Nice. It is the first
0: one. Yeah, yeah. uh, I think people will be surprised if they don't know the game to find out what game this is actually from. But uh, here's a question that will not help anyone How can you unlock the level select in this game? What a hint! Friends of SNES base surely like this game. But, um, so, what would you, if you had to take a guess, what genre would you say this is?
1: I'm probably totally off, but it was starting to sound like a racing game by the end of that.
0: No, this is a side scrolling shoot 'em up, or aerial shoot 'em up. This is Super R type for the SNES, uh, a game that's never ever appealed to me. It was? This is Super R type.
1: I've played that game extensively, obviously. I didn't pay much attention to the soundtrack.
0: Apparently not. This is Super Um, Mm R-Type. So maybe you have something to say about this. This is a launch title for the SNES. Uh, It was kind of famous for having a lot of slowdown. Um, I'm not sure what else there really is to say about it. Published by Irem, it's kind of your stereotypical space-based side-scrolling shooter. Um, What was it about the game that you liked so much, since you said you played it a lot? Um,
1: the enemies were quite good, and the bosses at the end. You'd have quite good boss battles, um, but I guess it was the same dodging, trying to hit their weak spots, sort of thing, and the power-ups were nice as you progressed through the level. How how did
2: the power-up system work in this game?
1: Well, um, basically you just collected them as you went along, and you shot the enemies, and they attached to you, and they gave you different weapons, so you'd have some where you were exploding orange fireballs all around you, some that just gave you extra shots, so you'd have two extra guns on your um, ship. So, so
0: was this like a... And those really helped out. So was this one where there was a generic power-up and as you got more and more powerful, you got new upgrades, or was this a, there are like eight different types of power-ups floating out there and you them what you
1: Yeah, well it was more the different types of power-ups. Okay. And I think you got different ones on different levels, maybe? Okay
0: any chance to remember how to access the level select do you? No. Nope. Alright, well, according to game facts, on the title screen you have to press and hold R, push up nine times, then during the game you can pause the game, push select R plus A, and you'll have level select. How was anyone supposed to figure that out? I... Yeah,
1: that was before you had gamer thinking. Yeah, so I, I guess you're
0: supposed to so obtuse, you're not going to think to do that, you know? so, nope. well, golden era video games, I guess. <sighs> oh, well, well, so would you say this is one of the better, better side-scrolling shooters on virtual console, then?
1: That <laughs> was well, worth it, I
0: It's one of the best Is it better than Chords um... Have
2: you not played
1: no, I haven't played Lords of
2: Thunder. <laughs> well, I've only played a little
0: bit of it, but I'm playing it here and there. its I think it's pretty challenging, because I'm not very good at those games. But but it, it's fun, has an awesome soundtrack. It, it's not one-hit-kills, which I really appreciate. Um, and there's whenever you kind of have your power-ups too, which you get to choose. But uh, we're talking about Super Art type or are we talking about Super Art type um, Once again, this was selected by Ski Dragon. And uh, whether you like it or you don't like it, talk about in the forum, suggest your own games, because I'm running out of ideas here, Um I'm scraping the bottom of the barrel relying on Johnny to give me games like Mischief Makers, so... Uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, just send your thoughts. I mean, if I get a lot of good ones, I'll, I'll wind up using more than one for a week, like I did last week. So uh, keep them coming. I really appreciate it. Uh, you, can, you can send them via the uh, link in the story, or you can use our email form directly you'd rather navigate directly to
2: their website. And
0: with that, let's go on to the fourth game, which I chose.
1: Memories. This one's happier than the last couple. Nope.
0: Yeah, it has some catchy music.
1: More upbeat than the others we just had.
0: Sure. The second one's probably more upbeat though.
1: So how's your questionably questionably named hint question?
0: Yes, um, keeping in the spirit of the prior question, uh, what can you enter on the name entry screen to get an equipment upgrade? I don't know why I was asking questions about this sort of thing this week. Carly, I doubt you played this game.
1: No, I don't think I did.
0: Alright, well, uh, guess what kind of game do you think it is?
1: Uh, platformer?
0: No, try again.
1: Again, um, adventure game?
0: <laughs> Alright, you're not going to get it. This is a golf game. Huh. Oh. This is Hal's Hole in One Golf, an early SNES game. Before HAL became part of Nintendo, they were publishing their own games. Uh, HAL's Hole in One Golf. It's, uh, it's a golf game very similar in style to the original golf for NES, where you're just overhead and you got one golf course and game you shoot. And uh, you can play with up to four players alternating with the uh, SNES controllers. So uh, it was actually a decent party game, even though it only had uh, one golf course. You know, it was kind of the standard. Push A to start your swing, push A at the top, and then push A at the bottom. But uh, this was like 91 or 92, so uh, it was still pretty early. Uh, let's see, what is there? So, yeah, it was developed by Hal. Uh, I think some people confuse it with Kirby's Dream Course, which is a very different game, also developed by Hal later. Um, and uh, what you could do uh, to get better clubs, which I believe they gave away the password if you could beat the pro it would tell you the secret so you can get better clubs but uh, you can also look it up potentially then when you type is metal play in all capital letters with a space between metal and play then you get metal golf clubs uh, that increases your yardage by I don't know 30 yards on average a club and so it was a simple golf game but uh, it was effective Uh, it was fun Uh, I mean they really should not release this sort of game on virtual console because it's just too simple in my opinion not not worth the SNES price, um, but for the time, you know, it was good. It was fun. It had had enjoyable music, um, kind of laid back. It was fun. Um, I think that the pro's name was either Hal or Robert, and both names are funny to me. So, say Rob or Hal.
1: Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but uh, yeah. I guess that's all I have to say about household. Find it for two bucks somewhere, pick it up. I wouldn't pay more than four bucks for it, though. <laughs> uh,
1: or, How would you compare it to something like Mario Golf? Because that's yep. the first golf game I've seen.
0: Yeah, that's that's uh, you really can't even compare the two. They're Mario Golf is much more sophisticated. It's much, much better value, just because you have more golf courses. I, I don't remember if Household and Golf even dealt with wind. It may have, um, but. It, it's a much simpler game, much more bare-bones, Mario Golf has all sorts of fun stuff, like the mini-golf, putting, putting courses, and, and lots of different characters to play as, and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, Mario Golf is the golf game to hold out for, in my opinion, per version console, it'll eventually come out. Pro- they're probably sitting on it until the next Mario Golf comes out, if ever. seems like Camelot and uh, Nintendo have kind of drifted apart to some extent. And Nintendo seems to be happy with their Wii Wii Sports Golf game, so... Uh, I don't know. I don't know if we'll ever see Mario Golf for Wii. Hopefully we'll at least release the N64 title, because that's a lot of fun. Um, Well, I guess... Were you asking about the N64 one, or were you talking about the Game Boy Color one, or the GBA game? Because it's... I haven't
2: seen
1: the GBA one.
0: So, the Game Boy Color or GBA one... I guess Household 1 Golf resembles those a little more. Once again, uh... Amelot portable golf games have like an adventure kind of thing where you progress through a story and you upgrade your character and there are multiple courses so it's more sophisticated but in terms of kind of the overhead presentation it it resembles that a bit more Um, there's no like uh, pseudo 3D view when you're you're swinging your club though like they have in even the Game Boy Color game so it's very bare bones but it was, I, I don't know if it was a launch title but it came out pretty close to launch so, uh, and Hal was a third party developer at that point so you know, I don't know what kind of budget they had but uh, that's Hal's hole in one golf uh, I don't know what other golf games are out on the N64 to be honest or sorry the Super Nintendo so uh, maybe you should look into that if that's the only SNES golf game that's a shame anyway let's move on to the last game which I think will be a lot of fun
1: Ooh, that was nice. I think I'd recognise it if I'd ever heard it before, so I don't think I know this one.
0: epic sounds epic indeed so uh which two composers uh, wrote this epic music for this game Carly, please tell me you know what game this is.
1: I don't. Um, I'm not even sure if I've played it before. Oh,
0: oh, you hurt my feelings so much. It's uh, Super Mario Galaxy. Ah.
1: Have
0: you not played Super Mario Galaxy?
1: No, I haven't played it yet.
0: (laughs) Oh god. Alright, well you need to play that. It's your homework assignment.
1: I'm behind on Wii games. Very behind.
0: There There is no excuse for this, Carly must play Super Mario Galaxy, and, and since you, oh boy, so, uh, I'll tell you why I love Super Mario Galaxy so much, um, well, uh, compared to, say, Super Mario Sunshine, I think it, it captures a lot more of what I like about most Mario games, which is that, uh, it feels like you're playing something different with each level, um, with few exceptions, uh, each star feels unique, feels special, Uh, there's so many different worlds that even if a few of the stars seem a little redundant, the worlds are so different that um, it's really a joy to explore and keep playing. Super Mario Sunshine had some fun stars. I enjoyed it overall, but the levels kind of blurred together in my mind. Um, And, you know, they're all the tropical setting. They're all kind of beach. You know, they all blurred in my mind. Um, But it's more than just the setting, just the nature of the the levels are much more varied in Galaxy, and, and what's more, they're more linear. And uh, I think it's a nice change of pace from the trend for 3D platforms in general to see Mario go back to a more linear, but good, linear game. Um, also, uh, as for the music, I, actually, I miss I missed the news that that uh, it was going to be using orchestrated soundtracks. So I didn't find out until I started playing the game. And me that was like whoa because you know, I I expected to hear orchestrated music in Zelda and didn't get it. I was not expecting orchestrated music in the Mario game, and uh, I think it works out really well with the whole space environment. And, and you, you use the word epic to describe like the second song. hmm Yeah. And I think that's that's the word I would use to describe the whole game. It just has that sort of epic feel to it. and It's just over the top. Everything's energetic, everything's interesting. It, it's... I don't want to say it's more mature than previous Mario games, although it kind of is. It, it has a darker feel to it, more a more serious feel to it, but at the same time, a uh, very imaginative feel to it. And uh, Super Mario Galaxy is just... I don't know. I, I think it's the best Mario game in a decade or whatever. You know, the rover decade. I don't know. And uh certainly... Um, one of, if not the best game on Wii, especially if you're looking for a more traditional gameplay. Mm-hmm. One of my co-workers hadn't played a, a Mario game since probably Super Mario World, if not Super Mario Bros. 3. And this was the one of the first games he got for his Wii, and he was just blown away, because not only was you know, the game world great, he hadn't even played Mario 64, which, you know, was where we saw a lot of this stuff for the first time. So to him, this was all you new, know, it was all just totally incredible just a real experience. Um, so what's your excuse for not playing
1: the game? Yeah. I don't have it yet. <laughs> the three songs you just played me there, um, I thought they were very good. As I said, epic. And uh, yeah, they sound a lot better than the songs from previous Mario games. They've definitely gone up a level.
0: Yes, they have. Um, and, you know, unfortunately for anyone who works on a Mario game, they, everyone always thinks, oh, Koji Kondo did it all. And realistically, Kojigandra has very little of the actual composition these days. He, he does a lot of directing of the music, but uh, I think Tenno said that he only made four of the songs, only composed four of the songs for this game. And the rest of them were, were composed by a guy named uh, Mahito Yokota. And uh, there's, there's a whole uh, whole back and forth with Wada Asks, with um, Mr. Kondo, Shio Kare, and, and I can't remember the name of the guy, but the guy who worked on the sound effects for the game. And so it's a very interesting read. I actually revisited it um, while I was choosing the songs for uh, Radio Trivia, and, and it's a very earnest and interesting conversation about you know where where the pitfalls are when you're developing a Mario, songs for a Mario game, where you have preconceptions of what Mario should sound like and how that can make this the music all stilted, um, which... I think I've, I mean I don't know how familiar you are with the Game Boy Advance games, um, but there are a couple of new songs in those, and I think those are a perfect example of what they're talking about. They, they didn't point them out, but if you listen to some songs of Mario Advance that were not the original songs, they just sound so uncomfortable and awkward. There's uh, there's one that I think was in Yoshi's Island port for the GBA, or once you get you completed the game, there is was whatever really happy music showing, whatever how many times you died and how much complete you, how complete you are, that sort of thing. And I swear to God, it was completely derivative of like the Super Mario Sunshine music. Uh, it, it's just uncanny, um, and uh, it's it was painful to listen to, painful because it just. Ugh. So uh, this, I really recommend reading that. It's it's really interesting, and they also go into. Uh, you know how, what what sound effects should sound like, and, and it's interesting because you know you don't really think about sound effects too much, but they need to be memorable but not obtrusive, and that that seems a lot harder than it may sound. You know, because when you make I mean, imagine if you're making a sound effect, you want to make it sound as neat and as cool as awesome as possible, but that can be distracting if you hear it over and over and over again. It's kind of like a how in a lot of games you hear the same voice mm-hmm. samples over it and over gets again. It's it it? kind of the same. Yeah, it gets annoying. So. I mean, just think about it. How many times have you heard the like Super Mario Brothers bling noise for a coin? Are you sick of it yet?
1: Well, you'd be very sick Uh-oh. of it if you were downloading games from Virtual Console.
0: <laughs> this is true, but in, in a Mario game.
1: Hello. Um, See,
0: so yeah, that was a bad example, thanks like, to the downloading of Virtual Console. <laughs> yes, I apologize. Um, but Mario's jump noise, for instance, that, that's that's still pretty. You know, it's memorable, but it's not annoying. Now, maybe if I played it over and over again. Okay, okay, it can be annoying if you're stuck on the virtual console download at the very end, like, uh, someone was talking to Johnny, John Lindeman, yeah, that's right, it was with, the, with regards to the Lords of Thunder yeah. downloading, and I once again, I'll repeat, it took me six seconds, at most, to download Lords of Thunder,
1: Ooh-hoo.
0: and I don't know why, I've had NES, I've had Super Nintendo games that have taken longer to download, but so uh, his argument is valid just because you shouldn't have to download it anyway um, but Super Mario Galaxy um, I don't know I, I it's received perfect 10 perfect is not the right word, I shouldn't use that it received scores 10s out of 10 and uh, I think it deserves it I, I can see some people not liking it I know uh, Wendy has a few complaints about it about it not being different enough or, or I don't know maybe the control scheme he didn't like quite so much but but uh, I, I think it's just brilliant, I think it's, it's an incredible experience, one every Wii owner should experience, at least rent the game, um, that means you Carly, um...
1: I'll get it eventually! About,
0: eventually? Well what are you playing right now?
1: Nothing much.
0: Is, is this a budget issue?
1: I don't have a Wii yet.
0: You, oh, oh okay, well... Yes,
1: yeah, I'm a late adopter. Yeah, that,
0: that is a good reason not own Mario Galaxy, but uh... Like I promise, it'll Game. be
1: one of the first games I get, when I get right. a Wii.
0: Wow, is it just so
2: expensive over in Europe? Is that the problem?
1: Or? Um, yes, and also all my GameCube games. I don't know which Wii to get so I can play all my GameCube games because my old GameCube's broken, so it's a uh, big decision.
0: you were hoping the Freeloader free would solve that problem, and now there's probably some second thoughts on that, uh,
1: I don't know, I was just hoping they'd break the region codes, you know.
0: Right.
1: Well, they usually loader, do like for that. U.S. They usually do for U.S. and Japan.
0: Well, uh... our games that ex- I mean, there are a lot of games out in Europe now. I mean, it's not like you have to import everything from the U.S.
1: It's just all my old games. I want to play those because my old GameCube's broken.
0: I don't know how to solve that problem. I guess the freeloader doesn't solve that problem for the GameCube games. Um, Buy another GameCube?
1: <laughs> Hunt one down? I'm not sure where to get another modded GameCube. Uh, well, you, you don't need a modded GameCube. You can
0: get a regular GameCube and, and uh, the Freeloader
1: for the GameCube. Oh, but there's still issues, because oh. freeloader save. Um, if you have original <sighs> Japanese saves, they don't work with the Freeloader Japanese saves. So, yeah, it's going to take me a while before I decide when to buy a Wii and all that. Someone needs
0: to give you a hug in two game cubes.
1: I'm quite happy with my DS for now.
0: I suppose. That's a shame. You need to play Mario Galaxy. I really like it.
1: I do, and the music. I didn't recognize it as being from a Mario game, even. so It's be something different.
0: It is something different, but it works. It definitely works in the game. Uh, so we need to discuss all of that in the uh, what I asked. So if you never check that out. I do recommend reading that. It's very interesting. At least the uh, sound section is. I haven't read all of it. But, uh, no, I haven't seen all of them. I think I saw a bit of
1: it, but yeah, I might read through the whole
0: yeah. thing. Now. It's very interesting. In fact, they even have um, a video showing them recording uh, the third song I played um, in the orchestra, which is which is fun to watch too. So. Uh, oh, I like the Yeah. So that's 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 really neat. At least check out. We want to ask for that the uh, in-studio recording of, of Gusty Galaxy's song, um, Gusty Garden Galaxy, pardon me. Uh, so, uh, even though Carly has disappointed me thoroughly, but not playing Super Mario Galaxy... um
1: <laughs> you figure I would have played that game at least.
0: Yeah, maybe you could find a friend and <laughs> play it at their house or something, I don't know. But, um, thank you for, for coming, um, I'm glad you had thank something you to say about it. very about mm-hmm. Super R-Type, because I certainly didn't have anything to say about the game, I, I, I don't know anything about that game, so, um, and, uh, Mischief Maker is interesting, but can't really recommend it, and see what else we mm. have.
1: Well, Johnny ran out on us, so I'm sure he would have had something to say. He had real life to get back to.
0: Real lives? Nothing's more important than recording a podcast.
1: Mm.
0: Except for maybe submitting game requests for a podcast. Oh, see what
1: yeah. I did there? See what I did there? Mm-hmm, I did, I did.
0: Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, this was uh, it was fun. I hope uh, hope you'll join us again. And, uh,
1: mm-hmm. It was fun indeed.
0: Right, next time you can you can hopefully choose some songs and games so that so that not everything is a total surprise. to you. <laughs> but, uh,
1: oh, it always is.
0: No, you'll just choose Mario sixty four again because you know that
1: game. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I might not get the name of the game out though. No, I didn't have that trouble this time. I think I just didn't know them at all. Normally, I can think of the game, but I can't name it. But this time, I didn't know most of
2: them. Well, you even had a
0: Mario game. I tried to help you out there.
1: Uh, I know. Alright, well, anyway, bye,
0: everyone. Bye. Boston (laughs) Bust and copyright 1995, Taito. Mischief Makers is copyright 1997 Treasure Enix. Super R-Type is copyright
2: 1991 Iron. Hell's Hole in One Golf is copyright 1991 Hal America. Super Mario Galaxy is copyright 2007 Nintendo.